Hello, and welcome to my podcast, Good Grief. My name is Dr. Christine Malone, and in this podcast, we talk about trauma, tragedy, and survival. In each episode, I will interview someone that has gone through grief in some way, and we will discuss the impact it has had on their life. By sharing these stories, we hope that others won't feel alone should they be going through similar situations. Enjoy. listeners. Thanks for coming to my podcast. Today, I'm not interviewing someone. I'm actually going to tell my own personal story about my journey with breast cancer. So I have, since the age of 40, gone in every year and had my mammogram done, my screaming mammograms done. Um, I have no family history of breast cancer. And then in 2020, I was due to have my screaming mammogram in the summer, but it was COVID. And I didn't want to go out and have something, a procedure that really, a test that really wasn't in my mind necessary because it was COVID and I didn't want to go out into a, into a medical facility. So that December in 2020, the mammogram facility, screening facility called me and they said they had openings and they wanted to remind me that I was past due for my scan and could I come in? It was December and I had some extra time on my hands for, uh, from work. So I went ahead and scheduled my mammogram. I thought it would be just like every other mammogram I've had where there would be no callbacks, nothing whatsoever. Instead, I did receive a letter in the mail about two weeks later saying that they saw something that they wanted to further evaluate. And so I needed to make another appointment. Of course, I went into a bit of, a, of an anxiety issue at that time. I thought, what do you mean you found something? And when I called, of course, no one on the phone could give me any answers. They just set me up for another scan to be followed by an ultrasound. And that was about two weeks later. So I spent that two weeks with all kinds of, of issues in my head, horrible images of how I was going to die in no time whatsoever. Um, Cause that's just the way my brain works. So I went in for the second scan and they had me sit in a room. Um, and I have since come to know that room uh, for women who have had breast cancer. Once you have your scan, you go sit in a room while the radiologist reads your scan to determine if any more images are needed or an ultrasound or anything like that. So you sit there with other women waiting to hear if you are the one with bad luck or not that day. So I had the ultrasound as well. And sure enough, the doctors did discover a very, very small tumor um, in my right breast. So I was referred to a doctor for a biopsy and the biopsy came back and showed that it was indeed um, cancerous. So I was scheduled with three cancer docs, uh, my oncologist, uh, surgeon, and the radiation doctor. And I was scheduled to see all three of them on the same day for a meet and greet and talk about my uh, prognosis, the procedure, so on and so forth, and all my different options. Um, all three very nice people. Um, we're still talking about COVID time, January 2021. So my husband couldn't come with me to those appointments, which was very frustrating because it was a lot of information to absorb in um, about three hours worth of doctor's visits. And I'm pretty good at taking notes. Um, however, I know I probably would have picked up more things if I'd had my husband there as a second set of ears for those visits. Um, so I had the surgery done. The, the surgery was... Um, in March of 2021. And, um, but to back up a minute, so the tumor was so small that even though my three cancer docs knew where it was because of the scans and the ultrasound, they could not feel it 
on Papan palpation. So what I'm telling you is it, it, they couldn't even find it. So without that screening mammogram, um, I would never have noticed it until it had gotten much larger um, for that. So um, when I had the biopsy done, the doc implanted a locator device. The purpose of that was so that the doctor, when he did the surgery, would know he was in the exact spot where the tumor was located um, and could do the, um, the procedure and get it out of there. My sense of humor is one that's a bit on the, um, the morbid side. Uh, so I'm all about patient safety. And I love the fact that before procedures, doctors and their teams will have a little pause and ask you your name and your birth date and what are you here for so that we're all on the same page, make sure that they're not going to perform some sort of procedure that isn't what I'm there for. However, my sense of humor when I'm, especially when I'm scared and anxious, um, I tend to joke about things. So when the doctor did his timeout in the uh, surgery room and said, well, you know, what are we here for? Um, I joked and said, well, I signed up for the liposuction, but apparently you were all out of those. So I'm here to have a tumor removed from my right breast. Um, and that little laugh got me a little over the edge until the uh, anesthesia kicked in and I was no longer awake. So I came to in recovery. A very good friend of mine was the one that brought me in and picked me up for, for my surgery. And I was sent home. Um, I didn't have much in the way of pain. I had a very small scar, maybe about inch and a half wide where the tumor was removed. I also had a, what's called a sentinel node or a lymph node removed. So I had about a one inch scar in my armpit from having that uh, removed as well. So then my tumor was sent off to some lab in California where it would be analyzed to determine what type of treatment my cancer needed um, in order to, to get rid of it. So when that came back, I was brought back into my surgeon's office and he went over in great detail exactly what this, this uh, biopsy procedure pathology, whatever had been, had shown. And in my case, I was quite fortunate that I did not need to have chemotherapy. Um, my cancer did not need that. Um, however, I did need to go through a month of daily radiation treatments. So I scheduled with the radiation doc, also a very nice man, and the team of uh, radiograph technicians who do the, the radiation procedures. Um, another part of my silly sense of humor, when I went in to um, have the, the doc determine what angle the, the radiation should go into, um, I was wearing a long sleeve shirt and I have um, a lot of tattoos. So the technician didn't see those. And he said to me, okay, I'm gonna make three different tattoos where the radiation beams will be uh, entering your body. Um, and I have to say that they are permanent. They're about the size of the, uh, the tip of the pen marking. And I feigned as if I was just horrified that I was gonna have these permanent tattoos, each the size of the tip of the pen on my body. And he was reassuring me, you know, it's okay, it won't even show, it'll be covered by your bra, blah, 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 trying to, to calm me down about having these three permanent markers. So of course, when he came back in the room and I was in a gown, he took a second and he started laughing and said, oh, you got me, you got me. Because of course, as I said, I have quite a few tattoos and those three small dots certainly don't stand out. So I went in for uh, daily radiation therapy. At the time, I thought, you know, I don't even need to slow down on my job. I can just keep on going. I'm a go-getter. I don't need to take a break. This is, what is this? It's just radiation. It's just going in for some, some you know, x-rays or whatever. However, radiation kicked my butt. And I found that about day three of the first week, I needed to come home and take a nap 
before I could function. Um, I couldn't stay awake late at night. Um, and I was working on uh, really over overdrive. I, how I kept going, I am not sure, especially by the end of week two. And by the end of week two, my skin started to break down, which I'd been warned of that. I was told, you know, don't use bandages or lotions because it'll act, some things will actually peel the skin right off of the area. Um, and so I stocked up on a bunch of different supplies to use. I have extremely sensitive, um, fair skin and burn very easily even with sun. So I, I knew it probably would be ugly for me. And it was, I had um, blisters. I had um, very, very sore, couldn't wear a bra. Um, I was wearing uh, extremely loose t-shirts and so on so that nothing would brush up too tightly against my skin. Um, by the time the radiation treatment was over, um, I must say I, I was quite quite happy that it was. Um, I thought that it would take me just you know a couple weeks to get back to feeling quote unquote normal after that treatment. Um, and of course, I was wrong. I underestimated um, how much uh, the radiation takes out of your body and that it does take your body a while to to recuperate. Um, and to this day, I still do not have the energy I had before that treatment. And I also do not have the um, the memory I used to have. My, my mental uh, memory, uh, especially short-term memory, is not what it used to be. So once I had finished with the radiation, I still was seeing my oncologist doctor. She put me on a medication as a hormone blocker. Seems that my cancer is... Um, uh, fed by uh, estrogen. So she needed to put me on a hormone blocker. Of course, the hormone blocker has side effects of its own, uh, which can include um, deterioration of the bones or osteoporosis. So I go in every six months and I have an infusion of a medication called Zomeda um, direct into an IV. And that is um, to offset the deterioration of the bones. One of the side effects of the Zomeda is uh, or can be uh, dental pain, which I do experience uh, dental and jaw pain about a week after my infusion and it lasts for about two weeks before it subsides. I will take that medication for the rest of my life um, and I go in and have my, my scans. So after six months, six months after my surgery, I went in for a follow-up mammogram and everything looked good. They didn't see any sign of any uh, tumor recurrence uh, or anything like that. Um, my skin by that point in time, six months after finishing radiation was um, healed. However, the skin where the radiation was done is a different color than the skin on the rest of my body, which I didn't expect. Um, my scar was healing quite nicely by about six months. So around a year after my surgery, just before my one year uh, or six months later, I should say one year checkup, um, I decided to go get a tattoo over that scar. So I wanted a tattoo of Wonder Woman because she spoke to me about uh, the power of women and uh, struggle and survival and so on. Um, what I didn't really realize during that first year was just how much that entire process messed with my head um, in the way I think, I should say. So when I was first diagnosed, I, I called my children. Um, I wanted to let them know. I wanted to be sure that they were aware of all the different 
uh, things that I was going through so they wouldn't worry. I'm very close to my children. Um, and I also wanted to let them know uh, that I had all of my affairs in order. Um, I have been through loss in my life to where I know that we can go at any time. So therefore I have my my will and my durable power of attorney. Everything is always up to date in my life. And that was no different. I told them where they would be able to find my my life insurance policies, everything. So um, I was ready to go. Uh, at that one year point, so I'm one year post-surgery, I went in to have my scan done. And I was quite nervous at that one. I think at the six month one, it hadn't really struck me yet that the cancer could come back. At the one year one, I knew that it could, or at least it had occurred to me that it could. Um, and I was pretty nervous. And I got myself up in a kind of a bit of an anxiety issue area. And people that I know that are on the same road I am, they call that scanxiety. So I went in to have the scan done. And I got to go sit in that special room with the other women who wait to see if anything else needs to be done. And I was sent on my way, no cancer. So I went out and I sat in my car and I cried for about 10 minutes to um, kind of let out that pent up anxiety that I'd felt when I went in for uh, that scan. Feeling really lucky. I know the longer you go uh, cancer-free, the more likely you will stay cancer-free. So I was pretty, pretty excited about that. I did go to get the tattoo. Um, I love it. When I went in to see my my surgeon for a checkup um, about six months later, I didn't tell him that he was going to see Wonder Woman on my boob because I wanted to surprise him. And he was quite surprised. Then <laughs> uh, part of my sense of humor again. So this year, I'm two years cancer-free. When I went in to get my mammogram this year, um, I had that anxiety again. Um, I really don't know. I'm going to have to figure out how to uh, address that so that I'm not quite so, um, it's like being on 17 cups of coffee. It's the adrenaline is flowing. It's very unnerving and scary. And um, again, my sense of humor comes out and I, I try to deflect and say, oh, you know, everything's fine, whatever. So I went in with the tech, very, very nice young woman. And she did my scan and we're joking about my tattoos and you know, just like, oh, 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 here I am. You know, this is just like every other day for me. Um, I went and sat in the special room um, while I was in there. The other two women were both called back for further scans. Um, so I'm sitting there to see, well, am I going to be called back for a further scan or am I going to be sent on my way? And the tech came in and she called me into the hallway and she handed me the piece of paper that said that I was cancer free. And she said, um, you know, congratulations, you're you're now only going to need to be on um, this mammogram study once a year. You won't need to do twice a year and you won't need to do the ultrasounds. So I had hoped to get to my car <laughs> before that flood started, but that wasn't my luck. And I don't like to cry in front of people, but um, I looked at that tech and she could tell that I was feeling um, emotional. And she said, do you mind if I give you a hug? Which again, is funny because I don't, I'm not a hugger. And I said, I would love to have that hug. So I got, took the hug. She said, you know, you need to take some deep breaths, which I did do, went out in my car and I had a little cry. So that's where I am two years in. Um, I wanna end this by saying to my listeners, if you are due for a screening mammogram or someone that you love is, please, please, please don't put it off. Um, I was lucky. I was lucky. I put it off because of COVID. And if they hadn't called me in December, of 2020, I'm not sure when I would have gone back in because 2021 was still scary COVID. And, and to me, 
the mammogram was a um, kind of like getting your teeth cleaned, right? I mean, I do that every six months, but I don't have to. I mean, I take care of my teeth. So it's not like I have to go in and do it. Same thing I thought with a mammogram. I've been doing them for 18 years before I had this happen to me. Um, I have no family history of breast cancer. Uh, I also did genetic testing because I have daughters and I wanted to make sure I knew if there was something in me that could be in them. And I did not come back positive for any genetic markers for any types of cancer. So uh, yes, if I could encourage you to please, if you do get that screening mammogram, it takes just a few minutes of your life, but it can save your life. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of Good Grief. To hear more about my personal story, please pick up a copy of the book, The Spider Killer, a memoir of trauma, tragedy, and survival. You can find the book on Amazon and Kindle.